a defenseman scores a hat trick in tonight's game. What do you what do you mean it wasn't Eric Carlson? Who? Nikita Zadorov? We'll break it down. Oh boy. <laughs> right now here on Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is Wednesday night, April 12th, 2023. Dad, if you're watching, happy birthday. Uh, the Sharks lose 3-1 to the Calgary Flames. 81 down, one to go here on Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks post game. If you want to be part of the show, here's how you do it. Chat with us and fellow Sharks and Flames and hockey fans all over the world and in Sharks territory on the page of the app. Of course, follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, TikTok. Find everything at tealtownusa.com. And if you want to support the podcast, feel free to do so via Venmo at tealtownusa or just hit us up with a super chat. And we appreciate each and every donation that you bring us in. And we say good evening to you and good evening to Mr. Mark Eisenberg. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <sighs> We're almost there. We are almost One more. There. <laughs> oh man. Uh and boy howdy was uh was this game uh a doozy. Yes, it was a slow one until a little bit of a fun third period. But yeah, I mean even the players seemed bored by this game <laughs> that's the funny part darren pegg's interviewing eric carlson and, and and i forget i think it was to also said something uh with darren paying on the tnt broadcast uh, this is kind of slow um yeah okay not a right. lot happening out there and then the third period happened and pretty much <laughs> the flames just decided to uh go off on a, a shooting gallery um but uh it, Let's be honest, folks. There's not a whole lot to talk about in this game. I mean, there were three total penalties in here. You had four goals. Uh, but we will, you know, not going to lie, got to give stick taps to Dustin Wolf, the Grillroy, California native. Of course, if you're not familiar with the Bay Area, probably about mm, 20, 30 minutes away from San Jose. Grew up watching. Evgeny Nabokov and the Sharks uh, making his NHL debut against the San Jose Sharks, which, Mark, you know what that means. It means he's going to get a win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's either a win or a first goal. That's that's the rule. When someone's playing the Sharks and they're a rookie, that's the rule. And the, the funny thing is, is that I was almost tempted to see them give it back to Wolf and have him take a chance, you know. The empty netter. Oh, that 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 would have been disastrous. Oh, uh, so uh, going into the chat because I know there's a lot of things going on here. We'll recap the game in just a second, but uh, Dati, uh, tomorrow's going to be a big day. Oh yeah, Steve Rector, let's go Columbus, Chicago. Uh, Jesse <laughs> and the Oilers. Don't forget the Oilers. <laughs> yeah, don't forget the Oilers. Sharks trying to make sure Daryl Sauter has a job next year. <laughs> Factual toilet. Um, 
that that's a new one i think thank you for watching uh sharks getting a six pick i'm gonna cry on draft night uh. yeah uh-huh sleepy mopo if the flames had played better the past few games yeah uh yeah oh boy uh daniel smith so if the ducks and hawks win tomorrow and cbj win their last two we finish last unfortunately no uh the ducks have the tiebreaker on the sharks so the ducks will finish no matter what in the standings uh behind or above depending on how you look at it so if the sharks and ducks finish tied at 60 points uh and they're tied for last and second last the Ducks will have the best odds going into it. The Sharks do not have a chance to get the best odds at 25.5% anymore. So, uh, but they would be finishing with the second worst in the, uh, in the league uh, for that. So let's get on to it. As mentioned, Dustin Wolf, you know, gets the start for the Calgary Flames before he goes back to to the Wranglers for their Calder Cup run. Um, good battle of the goalies here tonight, Mark. And Wolf looked pretty solid, and so did Kakinen. Yeah, I thought they were both pretty decent. Um, Kakinen more so in the third period with that barrage of shots that he was getting, but I thought both of them made the saves they needed to make and looked pretty good all game. Um, the one thing I'll say about Wolf is it's funny how Nowadays, a six foot goalie looks tiny. In oh, net. my God. Like, yeah. If this was the 90s or 80s, he'd probably would have been a giant compared to the guys like Darren Peng and such. But, um, <laughs> nowadays, Aww. six feet, he's tiny. It's a tiny goalie. The days of Panger and Archer's Urbe, like mm-hmm. sub sub 510 goaltending and 5'8, 5'7, a bunch of them. Nothing wrong with 5'8. Don't, no. don't. Come on now. No. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah going back and forth uh wolf looked really impressive e- even you know even on the gregor goal which th- started things going about midway through the first period you know he got the initial save as Gr- gregor was making his rush and then gregor picks up the rebound to make it one nothing um even though the sharks got out shot 14 and 9 in that first period didn't look too bad look like you know calgary had some chances but you know, sharks were hanging in there. Yeah, and I thought they were getting actually a decent amount of traffic in front of Wolf, and he was still able to see pucks, make the saves, and I didn't think he was really giving up too many rebounds either. So I thought overall a good first game from him. And while I haven't really been following too much his AHL season, you look at his AHL numbers, and they're absolutely colossal. Like, I'd love to see a Sharks goalie put up those kind of numbers in the AHL. I would love to see Wolf play for the Sharks. I'm just saying. Mm. Yeah. I I don't know who the Shreks would have to give up in return, but, you know, uh, you know, it would be nice uh, to see uh, that happen. The second period, Calgary starts taking over. They outshoot the Sharks 12 to 4. Zadorov gets his first of what will be a memorable night for him. You know, about, again, about six and a half minutes left in the period. Uh, Just. Pinching down low makes it 1-1. And, uh, yeah, the last 40 minutes. And it seems like it was all year long, Mark. The second period starts changing things for the Sharks. 
Yeah, I would love to see some metrics on kind of what the Sharks' <laughs> record would be if the game ended in the first period, but um, I, I probably still would be pretty bad, but nothing compared to that second period all season. It's just, it's amazing how that can happen throughout a oh. season. And it's it's the it's weird that it's also the middle frame. To me, that's just always something that I can never explain. Like, I get it if it's the third period. Maybe other teams just with speed can, you know, get around you. Or if they're physical, they can wear you down. But it's just like, in the second period, it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. It's always yeah, interesting. It's, it's frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating to... to uh, just see it happen over and over again, and there ha- you can adjust whatever you want to it, and just nothing changes. Um, you know, and and it just it's like okay, one goal. Oh boy, here we go. You know, uh, I'm trying to pull it up as you were talking about. Let's see, a- leading after one period, the Sharks were uh, well considering this loss, ten, fourteen, and one. Hmm. Uh, trailing after one, they were five eighteen and six, you know. So and tied, they're seven eleven nine. Yeah, I mean, typical of what what we've seen this year. But uh, one goal games, the Sharks are eight seven and sixteen. I think Calgary was like eighteen out of forty eight in one goal games this year. So that that made a big difference. And granted, this was a battle of teams that had the most uh overtime losses so yeah so even the tnt crew was like oh you know what's going to happen we're going to get this game to go in overtime and and even even the broadcasters were like bored out of their minds (laughs) yeah it it was a tough one all around and and it's also it didn't help that the flames had just been knocked out of the playoff race because maybe if they were still in it there have been a little bit more to fight for in this game i mean who knows if they would have put wolf and coronado in but it it still would have been a more interesting game. The fans would have been more engaged. I mean, the arena sounded pretty silent for the most part. Yeah, and coming off, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you know, they were, uh, you know, division champs mm. going into the going into the playoffs last year. It, it to have that back, and it's like, okay, did you make the right move getting rid of Kachuk? who had a 100-point year for the playoff-bound Florida Panthers, and Johnny Gaudreau, who you know went to Columbus and is hoping he has a nice new teammate come May 8th. Um, yeah, and- I think they didn't get quite the production that they were hoping for out of some of the guys they picked up, such as Huberdeau. Um, I mean, he went from getting 100 points with Florida to being in the 50s this year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a big drop-off. So, I mean, that definitely hurts. And then because of... <clears throat> shipping out some of that other talent. You also see guys like Lindholm and T- Lindholm have worse numbers. I think he was near 100 or above 100 last year. So, um, yeah, I, they still have a lot of talent. I think they could be one of those teams that bounces back next year and is right back in the playoff picture again. But, um, yeah, it's got to be painful going from top of the conference or near the top of the conference um, to being outside the playoffs. Yeah, that's a tough one to take. And, um, you know, and so is this third period. The the Flames would outshoot the Sharks twenty three to eleven. Uh, I mean the Sharks. Hey, good on you. You you nearly you know doubled your your shot total in that period. But twenty three to eleven. You know again, forty six saves for Capo Kakinen. Uh, 
dare I say, vintage Kakanen from last season where he has a great night, had some great stops, uh, but just couldn't get the W or, or the goal support. Yeah, there was this one point there in the middle of the third period where I think it was two or three shifts where the Flames must have put about 11 shots in that span on him. It was just every corner from the blue line. Everything was coming at the net, and he was making saves on all sides of the net. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was definitely a flashback to late last season when Sharks fans were filled with hope (laughs) that they might have their goalie of the future. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, they pulled the goalie. They pulled Kakinen for an extra attacker to try to get this game even up. Doesn't happen. Zadorov with what a hundred eighty footer to complete his hat trick, the first hat trick for the Flames this season, and it happens on the last game of the year for them from Nikita Zadorov. That's just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you don't expect that. <laughs> Fourteen uh, goals on the season. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, and, and like, of all people, you really, right. really. Mackenzie Weger, we got you from Florida to be the big offensive defenseman in No, Zadorov. Okay. All right. Well, hey, that tells you any anytime, anywhere, any game in the NHL for sure. So the Sharks lose this one three to one to Calgary. Um let's jump back over to Kakinen and the goalie death uh for this team going forward. I mean, we have one game to go here. The Sharks have a plethora of goalies now. Uh, you know, you have Kakinen, you know, Reimer's going to be a UFA. You know, they'll, they'll need to sign a couple more. They got Magnus Krona now signed from from Denver. Um, you know, uh, what do you think of their of their goaltending depth? Do they do they need to go after a goaltender like maybe Wolf or we've had chats before like maybe you use that 28th most likely overall pick for uh for maybe a guy like Swayman so Boston can get back into the first round in the draft. What what says you? Yeah, it's it's an interesting situation because the Sharks actually have <clears throat> a decent amount of goalies, which, you know, we've been slowly building over the last few years. I don't think there's anyone who's a clear, like, successor to what our current tandem is at this point. So I think it's definitely going to be a position of focus, um, especially with Reimer's contract running out and him also kind of taking a step back this year. Um you know, I'm, I'm sure the franchise is kind of wishing they had traded him maybe last year or earlier on in the season where they could have, you know, recuperated some assets. Um, but it's it's really going to be interesting to see how a few of the prospects develop. I think McAniemi has been the most promising of the non-NHL goalies. Um, but Goudreau has had a really good second half of the season after what was a disappointing World Junior Championships. Uh, Mason Bopit is a big goalie who's athletic and has um, some potential. And then, like you said, you got Magnus Krona coming over from Denver. Um, personally, Krona has never terribly impressed me to the point where I'd say that's an NHL goalie for sure. But he has a winning pedigree and he has size. He's got athleticism as well. So, you know, it's all a matter of how he translates to the pro game. Um, I don't really know about top goaltenders for this 
upcoming draft. I believe there's a guy called Trey Augustine who is projected for the second round, and he may be the top goalie in the draft. Um, but for the most part, I wouldn't say this is one of those drafts like a few years ago where they had, say, Wallstead going in the top like 15 projections. So um, it could be a situation where they either try via free agency or a trade like you mentioned where they dangle, say, that late first round pick to pick up a goalie who's another guy projected well for the future. But I would be very cautious about that because I feel like we've kind of dispensed of a decent amount of draft capital trying to find a goalie over the last five or six years. So, um, yeah, it should be interesting to see what Greer does, though. But I definitely think it'll be a position that he focuses on. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how this transpires. Might be the most interesting position in the offseason as to what happens. I mean, I I don't think Reimer returns unless something just falls apart in the the system. Uh, So it remains to be seen. It's one of those ones where it's like you have to hit the subscribe button in order for this, you know, to be a part of it. What's going to go on next? So. Like, I got that in there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jerry F. in the ch- super chat. Thank you so much, Jerry. As always, all year long, we appreciate your donations to it. Uh, this year has been a tough year for us as Sharks fans, but the TTUSA coverage has been great as usual. Thanks. Uh, Jerry, stick taps to you, of course. Uh, you've been one of our loyal listeners and viewers uh, all year long. So thank you for that. Um Looking at some of the comments in the chat, Dati, uh, or Dati, uh, at this point, I don't think you force it. Sign stop gaps or bargain tries like Kakinen. Keep drafting or looking for a team with a log jam needing to unload. We have a few years to play with. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely um, you know, something to see for sure. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, again, it's going to be very intriguing what happens goaltending wise so uh speaking of the goaltending we'll get to some of the comments from the locker room right now kakin and saying i felt great from the start i felt good we knew they would throw pucks and i was able to get it to deflect most to the corners uh, there was a few major things i wanted to work on and i started feeling better towards the end of the year but i don't want to get too into it um you know and then some kudos to the other side. Wolf played well, solid. Good skater moves well. Shows it's not a matter of how big or tall you are. You can still play the game. So some nice kudos there. Let's see. Uh, he go, wow, he was, he was talkative tonight, apparently. When you see everything, it's much easier to stop. That second goal, I totally lost sight, but we did do a good job of boxing out. It's a good sign when there's not a lot of room in the slot. So probably the most we heard from him all season. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you, you, usually you don't, you don't hear too much from, from, uh, uh, from the goaltenders that night, but nice, nice, good words and good job tonight from Kakinen and giving some stick taps to the other side as well. in his NHL debut for Dustin Wolf, as for Noah Gregor being the hero for the last month and a half, <laughs> I thought we played hard, but they got some ozone looks and caught us on some long shifts. We just didn't muster enough in the ozone. I was able to get some speed after Shimmick put it put it on my stick. It was nice to get that goal. Just have to play hard and leave a good impression going into summer. Oh, don't worry. You left a good impression on yourself. Sharks fans otherwise might think 
differently. <laughs> Didn't he do something similar towards the end of last season as well? I feel like the final month of the season, he put on put a few pucks in the net, and all of a sudden we're like, oh, did he finally figure it out? It just seems like the Gregor thing, you know? Yeah, that's great. You know, we could have had the best odds wrapped up right now, but, you know, hat trick Noah Gregor. <laughs> Okay, I'll be, I'll be it. You know, seventeen overtime losses doesn't help either. And and AJ, I know you're in the chat. What thirty five blown leads this season, something like that. Um, continuing on with Gregor, me and Sturm have played strong together and built some chemistry. Once that first one goes in, you get that confidence with the puck. Uh, just been trying to. F- wow, these guys are talkative tonight. Before getting on a what a bus ride to Edmonton. Uh, I've just been trying to find a consistent game. I think over the last 20, 25 games, I've played some solid hockey. Yeah, you've yeah. played some pretty solid hockey. You found the net. I, you know, you stopped going to the Christian Earhoff School of uh, <laughs> of shooting accuracy and went to the Ray Bork one. So good all around for you. <laughs> he does get a lot of shots on net, too, if you look at his shot totals. Yeah. Nice to see someone's taking the the spot over Timo Meyer, <laughs> right? Yeah, someone's got to fill in. <laughs> oh man, uh, Quinn uh, jumps on and said they were probably disappointed about getting kicked out of the playoffs. They but they were the better team. They were on their toes. I thought Kakinen looked more comfortable trying to add to his game. He got more comfortable with adjustments we've asked him to make. So definitely altered his game you can see why wolf is a guy is everyone is talking about he's got a great future but we could have made his life a little bit more difficult tonight yeah i mean they ended up putting up what 23 shots on goal on the night yeah it could be you know um not a lot of really dangerous chances either or like second chances i didn't think some of that obviously was wolf's good goaltending but um yeah i don't think we tested him truly but he did look good i mean you watched him and i think it was peng who pointed out some of his unique style uh how he stays on his feet with the puck really close to him which is kind of different from like the standard butterfly go down anytime the puck is anywhere near the net so um you know it's a unique adjustment I'm, i'm very interested to see how that does um or how that I guess affects the overall game of teams that play him um, as they figure that out. Cause it is a very different style, especially for a goaltender who's like, he probably is doing that because of his height to cover the top of the net um, cl- more as opposed to a guy who's like six foot six who can drop down and his shoulders are still with the crossbar. But um, yeah, I'm very interested to see the more Wolf plays how he develops. It's going to be interesting. And even more so in the playoffs for the Wranglers and the AHL. I mean, you see, he had a great run uh, last season with Stockton uh, as they got to the Western Conference Final uh, in the AHL. So we'll see how it goes. Maybe uh, get some more, uh, you know, trade boost. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Quinn goes on to, you know, say uh, every game that goes by, you can see Zetterland is pressing. He really wants one. And hopefully he gets one to, gets it tomorrow. Uh, you know, kind of interesting to, uh, you know, that that he's pressing. You have to think Bortolo is like itching to get 
get his first before the season closes out. Um, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting how, how this all turns out tomorrow, especially since Edmonton needs, uh, you know, they can't sit back tonight because I believe uh, they need it for potentially the division title, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, Edmonton has one they game left. They're two points behind Vegas. Yeah, and they have the they have the first tiebreaker, which is forty four regulation mm-hmm. wins. So that's a big one uh, to have. Of course, Vegas has one game left as well, uh, and I believe they take on the Kraken, which the Kraken can leapfrog LA with a victory and a uh, regulation loss for the Kings against the Ducks on uh, on Thursday night too. So. We know the 16 teams, you know, that are going in. The Islanders clinched a playoff spot tonight. Mm -hmm. So all three New York Metro teams make it in. But Pittsburgh goes home. For the first time in 16 years, they will be missing the postseason there. Um, Love to see it. (laughs) Love to see it. (laughs) Finally, the end of an era, maybe. Yeah, that might be it because, you know, they did press to re-sign Malkin, you know, keep Latang around, Crosby around. So you wonder what's going to happen now if if Burke and Hextall decide to go um, full, well, not probably not full teardown because of Crosby, but you have to wonder what changes are coming for Pittsburgh uh, in a year where they most likely will finish at an even 500 on the campaign. Yeah, with the way that conference is, too, they could be sitting in no man's land for quite some time because it's not easy to make the playoffs in the East. And I don't think they're bad enough to compete with, like, you know, the bottom five or six teams for, say, top lottery odds. So they could be sitting in that air, that zone that people thought the Sharks were going to be in for a while um, after our era of Thornton and Marlowe and Pavelski ended. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because you see New Jersey coming on. You see the Rangers, you know, made it to the Eastern final last year. Now mm-hmm. they're they're back in it. You know, Toronto, Tampa is not going anywhere. You look at what Boston did this year, um, you know. And, AJ, you are spot on there. You know, kudos to the NHL schedule makers finishing with a ton of divisional games in the area. Yeah. Hell yeah. I think that makes it a lot more interesting, especially how you have this format where DeVitt getting out of your division first. It's a big one. Um, you know, I, I know we don't know matchups, but, you know, Eastern wise, you know, I, I mean, you still have Carolina and New Jersey to fight for the Metro. Uh, you have the Islanders in Florida battling who wants to get swept by Boston. <laughs> Hey, uh, I will throw this out there. I think if there's one team that could make that Boston series at least interesting, could be the Islanders because of the way they play hockey. Mm. I don't think they would win. Don't get me wrong. I still think it'll be a six-game series. Um, but I think they're the one team that could make Boston at least agitated because of the way they play hockey and more of a defensive and physical mindset. So um, I actually would love to see that series just because of the fact that otherwise I think Boston wins in four or five <laughs> and make them banged up in an, in a hard yeah. fought four five series, yeah. as opposed to a simple one. Uh, uh, that would be a mega upset. The Islanders finished their season at 93 points. 
Boston at 133. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just crazy uh, to, to see the disparity in playoff-wise. Florida, of course, can leapfrog if they get a victory uh, in their last game. So not everything is set for sure, but we will want to mention, and it's in the link description down below, the link for our Bracket Challenge League. Uh, Hockey Tricks set that up for sure, so you can be a part of what, who, how you want to pick you know, the uh, the playoffs down the road, which is always fun, especially early on uh, when there's 16 teams and anything can happen. Uh, as Sharks fans, we know that very well. Uh, in the West, you know, uh, you know, nothing's still settled yet. The Central, you know, Colorado, Dallas, uh, the Central can be uh, decided there. Colorado still has a pair of games left. Vegas, as we said, and Edmonton till trying to fight there, of course. So, so yeah. Uh, I think the the goal in the West has to just be come out of the conference because whoever you face coming out of the East is going to be beaten up um, after three rounds of that gauntlet. So I think I think teams like Colorado, who at times haven't looked the best this year, who are now hot at the right time. That's probably what they're hoping for. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, Rob, I'm in with a super chat donation, $5. Thank you very much. Coaches, I project to be fired after Friday. Eakins, Berube, Sutter, Laviolette, and Sullivan. Well, um, it depends. You know, Berube, you just got a cup like four years ago from him. Laviolette, maybe. Uh, and Sullivan, I mean, they're they're mega stars and, and kind of go fetching off of what AJ said. No Ovi or Crosby in the postseason. The baton is going to be passed to Matthews and McDavid. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully, we'll see if Matthews lasts more than a round. That that's a big storyline as always. Can yeah. Toronto win a playoff series? That's going to be an interesting one because it looks, you know, Tampa looks like they're poised to go out in the round one. Yeah, they do. They've been but, struggling. But it's Tampa. You can't let them. Yeah, be this out is their season. This yeah. is their time of the year. And this is not Toronto's time of the year. So uh. it's going to be fun. You know, mm-hmm. as much as I love having the Sharks in the playoffs to play for the Stanley Cup. Um to kind of sit back and watch it a little bit and watch everybody else freak out is kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see on that. Um, so again, as we mentioned earlier this sh- in the program, uh, Sharks are at 60 points. Uh, they will finish no worse than uh, 29th. They will finish 7th in the division. Um, you know, let's, let's say fourth worst record which and you know two teams leapfrog over the sharks and they get to six i mean we obviously know about the the top four you know bedard carlson fantilli uh even mitchkov what's really out there if you go five or six because that's the furthest the sharks will drop down now that we know for sure in the first round um, my top pick after the top four is Will Smith, the young USA player who's committed to BC. Um, I think actually he 
this year did get himself closer to that top four than he was before the season started. And I think in several other years, he'd probably be in the conversation for number one or number two. Um, he's a really good player. I think he's breaking records for the national development program this year. Um, and he projects very well to being an all around good player. So even if the Sharks were to drop to say fifth, I think that's where he's going to go, but there's a few other names that could push him even down to sixth. So I think he's going to be in the window for us if we don't um, get in that top four. And I honestly would not even be terribly surprised if there's a team who is sitting at four and feels very negatively about the whole Russia factor with Mitchkov and even right. takes that opportunity to draft someone like Will Smith. So he could creep into the top four, pushing Mitchkov down to five. All right. Uh, Ricky Barton Slager saying Zach Benson might be a little bit mm -hmm. better than Will Smith. Might be another one. And, and of course, the natural Will Smith joke takes my wife's name out of your mouth. <laughs> Thank you for keeping it clean, the tea. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, Will Smith, you know, <laughs> sleeping with Will Smith is destined to be coached by Quinn and have Greer as his GM. BU, the college but, connection yeah, yeah. The, the boston connection for sure so little curious there thought since mark is on here and, and this is his time you know he, he's been he's getting warmed up folks he's he's getting his prospect i brain getting ready so uh yeah so it'll be interesting to see what happens there for sure so at this point i think we've covered everything so uh, in case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, now on Amazon Music. And of course, if you are on YouTube, let's get those thumbs up. Hit that subscribe button. Also, of course, hit that notification bell. That'll notify you when we do go on the air with the game, uh, post-game coverage, or weekly wrap-up with Pucknologist. Uh, and then whenever news breaks or we have some fun content in the summertime, check us out. We'll be happy to bring it to you uh, all throughout the summertime for sure. So Mark is going to be a big part of that. So thank you, Mark, uh, as you uh, start warming up for things. Uh, your final thoughts on this evening and for basically this season, uh, this crazy tough season that it has been for fellow Sharks fans. Yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy how bad we were this season and we still technically don't even have a top pick like pre-lottery. <laughs> it hurts. Uh, I mean, I feel like this season was just a blur. It's one of those ones where it's like I didn't. I think this is new territory for a lot of Sharks fans, myself included, just because of the fact that when we were so bad, I was a lot younger and you weren't following quite as closely game to game as you are now. So um, it's a painful process. It's an adjustment. Um, but I still love watching the team uh, as painful as it can be. And this is the exciting time of the year when you're this bad. So as you mentioned, <laughs> I'll be working um, on writing something up about the top prospects, not just for the beginning of the first round, but also maybe some guys will be in that late first round area. And then I look forward to doing the draft podcast yes. again. So hopefully another marathon like last year. Let's <laughs> not, you poor guys. <laughs> that was when I was headed to England and I'm like, oh, they traded down. Oh, they traded down again. Oh, lordy. Because the, the, 
the thing we do is that we 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 stay on the air until the sharks have their pick, and it just kept going and going and going. Oh boy! Yep. So, all right, he is at Mark E Mark S J S. I'm at Puck Guy fourteen on the Twitter, the Instagram. We will be back here. Roughly the same time tomorrow. We start a little earlier, though. Sharks and Oilers, 6 p.m. park drop here on the West Coast. That will be the finale for the Sharks this season. Of course, probably will go a little bit longer uh, tomorrow as we uh, finish the season, recap the year, and then Pucknologist will take over and have a grand finale over there uh, Sunday night at 7 p.m. And then we might... Maybe I'm trying to convince Ian or and some of the others to do their bracket challenge live. I think that would be fun to uh, do over uh, once we know the playoff matchups for sure. So be on the lookout for that and all our content here on Teal Town USA. So, but until then, for Mark, I'm Eric. Thanks for watching, and until tomorrow, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Just. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow for the finale of one of the worst shark seasons in quite some time. Good night, everyone.